0: Welcome to this episode of the Empowered M podcast. My name is Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I am obsessed with all things spirituality, business, and personal growth. I started this podcast at 21 years old whilst I was studying my Masters of Architecture at uni. It is fair to say that this podcast catapulted my life in a direction I never imagined possible soon after starting this podcast, I dropped out of my degree, quit my nine to five job and started my own business. And in eight months of starting, became a six figure CEO. Inside of this podcast, I share insights into the realities of being a 20 something CEO, along with actionable tips to help you unlock your true potential and create a soul aligned and impactful life and business. So pull up a seat, Put on your headset and get ready to get empowered. Welcome to this episode in my exit strategy series. This is a series that I wanted to bring to all of you guys because I know a lot of people who listen to my podcast and follow what I do on social media are very much in that transition, wanting to leave their nine to five jobs and go full time in their business. And obviously, across the last three years of business, I've been working with so many entrepreneurs on being able to exit from their nine to fives as well. Um, And so I really wanted to start to introduce some of these really powerful um and leaders within the entrepreneurial space to you guys here on the podcast so that you can actually hear some of their exit journeys as well because i know for one that my exit strategy was so dramatic and just you know not the not the usual story that you would hear about going all in and just taking the big risks For a lot of the clients that I work with, they can't do that because there's, you know, certain circumstances circumstances within their life that require a little bit more strategy and a little bit less risk involved. And I know that a lot of, you know, the everyday people really connect with that as well. So I want you guys to be able to hear firsthand from some of my past clients what their exit strategies look like. Some of these students have fully exited um, their nine to five jobs and a full time in their business. whilst others are still on their way to going full-time, but are multiple steps into their exit journey now that they'll be able to share a lot of insights with you um, that you'll find valuable in your journey also. So the past student of mine that I am bringing on to talk to you guys today, her name is Karen and she is an absolute superstar. I know that you are going to find so much value in her journey because um, she definitely had a lot of hurdles to move through, particularly at the start of her business. But I'm going to let her share that with you guys today. So Karen, welcome. Introduce yourself to everyone and tell them a little bit about what you do.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and to really just like rawly share what that story looks like. Because as you said, everyone's is so, so, so different. And you know, the more that we share and be vulnerable with our story, the more people can be like, oh, okay, I, I can relate to that. Or, oh, I'm also going through that and it's okay. So I'm really excited to get, be here and share that with you. Uh, but yeah, my name is Karen. I am a mindset coach Um, I've been really pivoting my business towards working with a lot of female entrepreneurs to really expand their mindset, work on their confidence and really step into that feminine leadership piece within their business as well, too, to really help them expand. So I have been, I started, I took my first client ever February this year. So I'm about 10, 10 to 11 months into my business at this stage. And it's been, yeah, one, one hell of a roller coaster, That's for sure. But I've been loving every step of the way.
0: Yes, and it's been so amazing watching you over the past 10 months as well because yeah, you're approaching your first full year um, having been on your business journey and it's just so inspiring to see obviously how you've evolved over the time. I mean, I remember when we first started working together, you were at like the very beginning of your journey essentially um, and to now look at where you're at at the moment and where you're at in terms of like, you know, your last job you had and um, where you, how your business has grown. It's just so amazing and I know so many of our listeners are going to be so inspired by everything that you're going to share today. So obviously you've been on this business journey for about 10 months now. What was it you were doing before stepping into the business space? Like paint a clear picture of what your reality looked like for everyone.
1: Yeah, beautiful. So I'll give it the short story. But I've been working as a registered nurse for about three years now. So I actually started uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic. So that was lots of fun. Um, I was, yeah, on that path, very similar to M's story, like just wanting to like work my way up. I was doing my masters, like, cool, I'll just like work my way up and just get a cushy job and then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working so fucking hard in my nursing career. I was doing so much overtime. As you could imagine, obviously working during the pandemic, um, I was doing, I think my biggest fortnight was like 96 hours Mm -hmm. and this was like shift work, night shifts mixed into that. It was so hectic and I think it just got to the point where I hit really rock bottom and I was like, is this really what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. And I think seeing so many other nurses who had been there for like 30, 40, 50 years and I'm like, they're all miserable and just joke about when they can retire. And I was like, I don't want that. Um, so there was always like this part of me very similar to you. And that would just really yearned for more. And like, I knew I was meant for more and I had, I knew I had so much capability, but I just didn't know what that looked like. And I thought it was yeah working towards my masters and going that route, but I had to, I, I hit rock bottom. I was very thankful. I think it was like the universe giving me some time, but I randomly picked like these two weeks off to take annual leave. And it was right before I had this like rock bottom moment. So I took this two weeks off and I had a normal sleeping schedule. I was eating well. I was moving my body. I was actually having the time to go spend with friends and family, actually seeing my partner doing things I loved. And I was like, this is what my life should be like. Why is it not? Um, And that's what really started my journey, just down like the self-development path for myself to really understand and grow and better my mindset and after I'd done that bit of journey with myself, I was like, I love this stuff. Like, this is so interesting. More people need to know about this. And something intuitively inside of me was like, you you should teach this. You should help other people um, like understand this and realize this and really help them change their lives as it did for me. Mm. So I was just like, okay, I don't know what that's going to look like, but okay. And I just dived in, got my coaching certification. And then it came to like, yeah, November last year. And I was like, cool, I'm certified. Okay, now what? what do I how how do I do this business thing? I don't understand. I was like, I know what I'm doing coaching wise, and I feel pretty confident-ish, but like how do I run a business? I don't know how to do that. And I think that's when I reached out to you and I was like, hey, I know nothing. Here's my money. Teach me everything you know, please, because you've done what I wanted to do. You get me, you understand my story and I yeah like I'm all in like I really want to make this happen so I was just yeah that was me November November or December last year is when I first reached out to you and you know made the start to start in the new year and yeah so that was kind of like a little snippet of what my life was like beforehand but yeah it was just getting out of that draining nursing career that was just not aligned or fulfilling anymore to then actually just building something for myself and taking that leap.
0: Yeah, I love that you were able to like recognize those signs that you were not happy where you were at. I can totally resonate with what you said about having coworkers just making jokes about retirement, and I remember there was coworkers of my own that would do the same, and I would just sit there thinking I cannot, I cannot wait until retirement to then, you know, like be leaving. If you're so miserable where you're at that you're making jokes about leaving them, like, why would you want to spend the rest of your life there? And obviously we're very young when we've made these transitions. So that's a big life still ahead of us being in a place that we're not happy. And so it's really awesome to see how you recognize those little cues and then started to like problem solve instead of just accept your circumstances. But something that kind of stood out that I want to touch on more that you mentioned was um, your intuition was like, you know, drawing you towards something else. And I think a lot of people get that intuitive ping, but they don't lean into it or they don't trust it. And so how did you actually go about building that trust within yourself to listen to what your intuition was guiding you towards?
1: It's funny. I was asked this on another podcast a couple of months ago and I, back then I didn't know how to answer, but I reflected on after that. And I was like, I'm trying to work out like what's made my intuition so strong, but I think it was just being able to make a lot of really tough decisions for myself and really just trusting myself and backing myself. I think there's been a lot of times throughout my like really early stages in my life where I, just felt the need to do something for myself or make a big decision for myself without realizing it was intuition obviously but then just like being like this is this is what I'm being being drawn towards is what I want to do and then just doing it and backing myself um one example was when I was yeah like 16 17 like dropping out of high school it was something that I've been wanting to do for a long time leading up to that and I just woke up one morning I was like everything in my body is telling me not to go back. I'm like, I can't, I just can't. So then being 16, trying to tell your parents, Hey, I'm, I want to drop out. Like I can't keep doing this and having to somehow make them understand, but just full on having my back like, no, I'm not going to do this. Like this, something inside me is telling me that I don't need to go back yeah. and I want to do something else. I don't know what, but something's telling me I need to step away from this. So that was probably the, earliest memory of me really trusting myself and just like backing my decisions of like, no, I need to do this for me. I don't know how to explain it, but I need to do this for me and helping people to kind of understand what that was. Um, but then so many other things, like even before I stepped into my nursing career, you know, being 16, 17, being treated as an adult in the world, you know, getting a full time job. And, you know, I had to really carve my own path in those very early stages of my life. Um, and I think there was just so many like big and small decisions where I was like, you know what, like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to do it. Or, you know, I'm going to apply for this job that I'm not experienced in and then get the job anyway. And I was like, oh, cool. So I had all of these Um, small like courageous like jumps and steps and just like putting myself out there even if I wasn't 100% confident and just trying and then realizing it worked at the end like oh okay so it was this years and years and years of just doing things that seemed really outside of my capability just jumping into it anyway and being like oh actually I'm fine on the other end so it was like this slow process of building and building and building that which is why I feel I am able to be so confident now in a lot of my decisions and be able to really trust myself, even though I didn't realize it was all of that back then before I learned about self-development. So I guess like, and this is what I teach a lot of my clients now is like just taking those small little scary decisions builds up that intuition, builds up that confidence and trust like over the long term. And it is just like jumping in before you feel ready. I think I just had nothing to lose back then. I was still very young. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to try. I didn't have anything to lose because I wasn't really an adult back then. So um, I was very fortunate that I was able to build it that way.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, really powerful what you mentioned there because you lent into the proof in your existence so like the proof in your past experiences of okay when I lean into self-trust when I listen to what my intuition is guiding me towards it always works out for me um and so I think that's really powerful it's awesome that you had such big examples of that to lean on as well I mean choosing to leave your studies in at 16 years old like leaving school um that's a massive decision to make and you really learned into self-trust at such a young age that so that's such a powerful example for you to have been able to draw on in the these experiences so I suppose like for anyone who maybe hasn't had a large experience or evidence like yours for them it's really then about drawing on those smaller things and maybe if there's no smaller things you can identify in your past that have been examples of self-trust then how can you start creating those experiences for you now in small little ways so is there any ways that because I know you work on this with your clients a lot are there any sort of like practices you encourage your students to do to help them build that self-trust
1: if they don't have those experiences to lean on from the past? Yeah, I get them to do scary shit. I get them to do the stuff they don't want to do. Yeah, <laughs> And it's funny, it almost revolves always around like, doing a talking story on Instagram or an Instagram live or going on a podcast or, you know, reaching out and collaborating with someone or, and it's just like this fear of like, but what if I stuff up? Or what if someone judges this? And it's like, if you just give it a go, just be courageous. Like I really had to teach all of my, my, a lot of my clients around the idea of building confidence is not to be confident before you do it. Yeah. It's actually just to be courageous and just give it a go and then, as I said, afterwards, that byproduct is that confidence piece. So, the more you do, like that's more you jump on that live even if it's just for five minutes and it's really terrible yeah okay oh my god I did a die it's all good yeah. and then you do it again and then you, it's just like this slowly so I really just recognize like where are their biggest like fears and resistances and can me slowly start to like small exposures you know over time mm-hmm. to really help them break through that and realize it's not actually that scary anyway yeah. Um. because you no know, I, I do recognize that obviously when I was doing that I had nothing to lose I was still very young and naive I was able to kind of like jump in with very little fear Um, but i can recognize now with a lot of adults that fear has been really instilled into them and so it is scary so just those small exposures of trying things trying out new things and then trying things that scare you and just focusing on that courage piece of like i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna be okay like i got myself and just that over time is really what builds that intuition trust and confidence
0: Yes. Oh, I love that. So now we're going to start to transition a little deeper into where you're at right now in your exit journey. So you've been in business for 10 months. So you're about 10 months into your exit journey. And something I want to highlight here for our listeners as well is your exit journey is always going to look different. Mine was like a 90 day journey for me where between that date where I said, yep, I'm making this happen and the date that I actually left from my nine to five job. And again, the reason for this whole podcast series is that you can see that there's different timelines with everyone's journey as well. So you're currently 10 months into your journey. Whereabouts are you at at this point in time? Are you full time in your business yet? Or are you still on your way to going full time? Can you paint a bit of that picture for our listeners?
1: Yeah. So right now, my mindset is I'm full time in my business. Yes. Um, I have now I quit my permanent position in my nursing job uh, about, oh, my goodness, how long ago? Two months? No, three months ago. Yeah. i want to say it was about two or three months ago, I fully quit the permanent job, um, which was to me a really huge, huge, huge step is breaking away from that safety net. So at the moment, I just work casually. I pick the hours I want to work. I can choose to not work for a couple of weeks if I want to. Um, I don't use it as like a quote unquote safety net per se, but I just use it to my advantage, you know, to pick up a shift here and there just to you know, give me a little bit of extra money if the month's looking a bit short, anything like that. But my mindset's full-time full, full time in my business and I really do treat it in that way. I yeah. have had to really like battle that thought of like falling back into, I'll just pick up another shift. I'll just pick up another shift. I've really been training myself to be like, no, I'm just going to work harder in my business. I'm just going to take that day off and actually focus more on connecting with people, reaching out to old clients, all of those sort of things, you know, the IPA so... My mindset's full time, but I still do have that casual position um, that I do occasionally lean on here and there. But the plan is to finish that up by the time we come into 2024.
0: Yes well first of all congratulations on stepping down from your full time position because that is massive mm-hmm. and like you said like this topic of safety net we're going to have a deeper chat about as well because I know that's something that comes up that creates a lot of resistance for people but this right here is um exactly what I want to be touching on right the fact that you've stepped down from your 9 to 5 job and yeah you have a casual thing in your back pocket to help pick up some of the financial pressures if need be if business is a bit slow but this is the beauty of creating your own exit strategy is it doesn't need to be so black and white as to you quit your full-time job and now you're full-time in your business. It can be you quit your full-time job, you create more space for yourself to lean deeper into your business and you create something else alongside that to help alleviate some of the pressures. So... Let's talk about this a little bit deeper. What are some of the key considerations that you really needed to think about and put in place when actually building out your exit strategy? And like by considerations, this can be things such as like financial factors or relationship factors or anything that really you needed to bear in mind when determining how your exit was going to look.
1: Mm, Honestly, it was just being able to communicate it with my partner um because obviously we live together um we have a ha- We like bought a house together so there's the mortgage um that I- look if I was single I would have been like fuck it let's go all in I'll just move back to my mum's and I'll make yeah. it work but I mean I'm in a long-term relationship like any decisions that I make affect both of us and I've got the house now I'm like oh I gotta be an adult about this yeah. um so I sat down and like just said I was like look and he's been supportive of the journey, um, but obviously financial stress is um, something that he still tries to work through on his end as well. So I said, to him, I was like, look, this is really important to me to make this transition. I was like, I'm really unhappy. Um, like in my permanent job, I was obviously doing a lot of night shifts. And I was like, it's very hard for me to energetically and physically like pour into my business when I'm doing these types of shifts. And, you know, I said to him, I was like, look, I need to quit and I want to just rely back onto casual I had to really kind of sell him on the idea of like yeah yeah I always will have casual share so I kind of had to I love him I had to white lie a little bit because I didn't want him to then put any like projections of like stress or financial stress like onto me um which it's hard because if you don't have a partner like even if it's with your family as well like sometimes it's just easier to what's the right word? It's easier just to kind of keep it to yourself a little bit because when you become really aware that other people project their shit onto you, you can start to have like more of a boundary of like what you do share and how much you want to share because you want to kind of protect your own mental state, your own energy. Um, So I think it was just really trying to have that conversation with him being like, cool, this is the step I need to take. I'm going to be okay. Um, Obviously like being able to adjust the budget a little bit more so he can support me a little bit more and I pay a little bit less during this transition period Um but I always just sell and I was like well I'm going to retire you one day so I think yeah. you can deal with this at least a year or two um, yeah. so that's probably been the biggest thing is just that relationship dynamic and the financial dynamic between us two um, but yeah Does that answer your question? Yeah, there's such huge points there that I'm going to like reflect some things back to you as well.
0: Um, I think the first thing is the boundaries that you put in place around what you are sharing with people because... Um, you know, you can't expect someone who's not in your position and doesn't see your vision and doesn't understand the world that you're in to see exactly what you can see clearly. So it's really great that you knew where to put boundaries in place so that, um, because you obviously understood that he needs to see it to believe it. He can't just believe it without the seeing part. And so you had to put those boundaries in place to be able to show him, hey, this is what I'm talking about. Do you understand it now? Um, but one thing I think is really great and is going to be so um, landing for our listeners is that relationship factor and having to consider someone else in that transition you're making. Like I said, my transition was You know, an odd case. I was single. I had just gone through a breakup. I had the security of the fact that I was living at home. And so I didn't have a mortgage to think about or a significant other to financially take into consideration either. Whereas you had all of those things, you had the mortgage, you had the relationship, like you had to put a lot of thought and consideration into these things. So how did you go about First of all, finding the courage to communicate to your significant other, and then also, how did you go about navigating the fears that maybe came up
1: for him, and really like communicating through that? Yeah. So, so I, I've learned now along my journey and along like investing into um, yourself, investing into other um, mentors and programs and whatnot too. I at the very beginning when I first told him that I was investing into you and I told him how much didn't go down all too well. And I think I was like, Hmm, this was probably telling him as soon as he came home from work, he was a little bit stressed. And I was like, Hey, I spent $12,000 on a coach. Like that was probably not the best way to do it. Um, I had to, yes, that first time wasn't very smart because I, the issue with me that I've been trying to really work on is that I'm just very, very blunt and very, very open. So i will be like, yeah. Hey babe, I did this. And you'd be like, what? I'm like, Oh wait, no, I needed to consider you and actually think about how you're feeling in this situation. So, um, cause during this time, when I first invested with you, we were like about to like renovate our whole house, like from scratch. So we, we were pouring a lot of money into the house that way. And me coming out saying, I want to spend X amount of money on this anyways. The main thing I have really learned now when it comes to sharing with him, like, cool, I'm going to make this investment now or, hey, I got to do this within my business is one, just checking in with him. Like, hey, how are you feeling? What's going on with you? You know, obviously, you know, your partner, if you do have one and you're wanting to have this difficult conversation with him, just really gauging his energy and just picking the best time to have this conversation and then also just prepping them. So like when they do come home from work and you want to share something with them that's very vulnerable or share about them like, hey, I'm going to make this jump to invest or make this jump to quit my job or anything like that. It's just like, hey, I really want to share something with you. But it's going to require a lot of like our energy and attention. Like when's the best time for us to have this conversation? Um, And there'll be some days where my partner's like, look, just not like not today. Can we do it tomorrow night? I'm like, look, that's so fine. And then just like saying that. So really just taking um, him into consideration too, because again, we're in this long-term partnership. So really being respectful of where he's at Mm. Um, and then just sharing with him like, look, this is a decision I wanted to make. Um, you know, sharing parts of it. Then I'm like, look, do you want to know more? Do you want me to tell you how much it was? And there's been times he's like, look, I love you and I support you. Please don't tell me how much it was. Cause I think he now knows that that's a bit of a trigger for him is to know the price. It's like, just don't tell me how much it is. It's all good, but I support you go ahead and do it. So we've had to really like work together on building that relationship when it came to what I invested and done within my business and quitting. I think I, (laughs) the one good thing is I constantly show my Stripe account. I was like, look, look how well I'm doing. Look what's happening. I'm growing. Oh, I see it now. I remember when I first, I hit my first like 20 K in six months and I showed him, he was like, fuck, good job. And I was like, yeah, see it. Like I didn't need to convince him, but I just wanted to kind of share the journey with him. Like, look, it is actually working. So I think keeping him in the loop, being just really respectful of like where he is at and asking like, Hey, do you want to know more? Or do you want me just to leave it at that? Mm. Um, just really kind of gauging where he is at, Mentally and also being really aware of his belief systems as well. So he's very, very money orientated. Um, So just being really respectful of that with my partner and just, yeah, just asking that permission well, and keeping him in the loop as much as he wants to be.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. Those pointers, you know, like the biggest thing being understanding your partner and understanding how to communicate to them as well, being able to know, like, how can we create an environment that's going to feel safe for the both of us to have these conversations as well is so important. And I'm curious to know, had your partner not been supportive of these financial decisions, would you have still moved forward? Given the, you know, deep sense of
1: knowingness that you did have about these steps you were going to take? Mm, it depends on what way he was unsupportive. If he was, if he was genuinely, truly unsupportive, I probably would have left the relationship, let's be honest. And I think I knew that I knew that he was not gonna be like happy about it I knew that he was going to be a little bit stressed about the decision but I always knew deep down that he was going to always support me no matter what so I did always have that in the back of my head even when I first shared like hey I'm investing this so much like I knew deep down he would support me honestly I don't think I would be with him if he then turned around and was like nope I don't want you to do that that's not a good idea you're not going to make it work if any of those were said to me no matter how long we've been together I would have just left yeah I honestly left because I know that I'm more important like I come first my life and my joy my happiness my fulfillment comes first before anyone and that's not to be selfish that's just to really you know love and take care of myself Um, and I've relationships in the past where I've not been you know treated well or treated equally so I've been able to recognize those signs so if that was to ever happen I would just leave and trust myself back myself so no matter what would have made um, that decision happen.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important is to yeah, be there for yourself first, because um, a lot of the time, you know, there are situations where conversations do need to have be had with significant others in, in, the, in this setting when you are in business and you are wanting to take risks and take big steps forward. And if that person you're with isn't willing to support you, even when they can see how important it is for you, I think it's so important to be able to still put yourself first, um, you know, through that and not necessarily sacrifice what you want in life because of someone else's fears or inability to actually understand you and your your vision.
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, as well, as I only told him and my mom. Yeah. That was the only person in my lives I ever told. Yeah. I didn't tell anyone else till like six months on. Because again, what I was saying earlier, it's like having that boundary and protecting my energy. I knew if I was to like, and back then it wasn't very aligned friends, but if I was to tell my friends like, hey, I'm going to have to start this business idea, I knew they were going to shut me down, yeah. Protect their fears. Beliefs on me. Same with more of like my extended family. I was very fearful of like them putting shit onto me because I knew that I had built up so much of this trust and courage to do this. And I was still in a very vulnerable and fragile kind of position of taking that leap. And I just knew like I needed to protect that as much yeah. as possible and only tell those like two most important people in my life, my partner and my mom and protect that. And I was like, don't tell anyone I'm just sharing this with you. So I can, you know, cause I love you and I really trust you, but don't share it with anyone because I just need to really step into myself before I can share it with other people. Mm-hmm. So they don't damage it or project more shit onto me. Right. I think that's what some people do mistakenly is that they kind of just like share it to everyone. And then they, everyone will just like project all these fears limiting beliefs and they go like oh maybe i can't do it then maybe this isn't yeah. for me and they get into your head so um, really hold that hold that own and really be really clear on your message and your why and why you're doing this for yourself and just really protect that with everything really protect that until you feel super confident to really express it and share it with the other people in your life
0: Yes. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I know that's really going to land for a lot of our listeners. So I want to keep rolling forward now and start to have a look into some more specifics that came with this extra strategy you put in place. Now, obviously, whenever any of you guys come through my one-to-one program or the Aligned Coaching Academy, I always sit down and talk to you about your goals. And when you tell me that your goal is to resign from your nine-to-five job, one of the first things we always do is set a resignation date. So I know that you set a resignation date early on. I'm curious to know, was that the date that you ended up resigning or did you have to extend it further? And how did you feel when you were initially setting that date as
1: well? So I think I initially set it for, I'm going to say it was June. I think I initially set it for June, like really early in the year, um, because you're like, yeah, you can do it. Like, let's do this. Let's set the date. And I was like, yep, cool. I'm in it. I'm in it. Um, but then I think I just had to push it back mm. one month um, just because of other things that were kind of going on. So I think it would have been like, yeah, July or August. Um, What I, oh no, that's right. What I ended up doing was we were going to make it June, but I had six weeks of annual leave saved yeah. up. So I was like, you know what, instead of just resigning and getting paid out, why don't I just take the full six weeks? And, you know, obviously get paid more, it won't get taxes heavily and really drain that out and giving myself that six weeks to really act as if I'm full-time in my business to get myself ahead. So then when I was to quit, then I was like a bit more set up and a bit more confident moving forward. So that's what I did. Drain all my annual leave, spent that six weeks really in my hustle, really setting myself up for what to expect. Um, And then I think I went back for only one week and then I quit. So I think it would have been end of August then. I must've done that. And then I went in and yeah, just dropped a casual. So now I just work like on a weekend here and there. Um, but yeah, once I like quit that permanent job to me, that was like lifting so much pressure. Also just a lot of responsibility as well. Yeah. Like obviously being in a permanent job and having to deal with so much workplace drama and my boss being up my ass all yeah. the time. So now I'm just like, I'm a free bird. I can work whenever I want. I can not work if I want to. And yeah, it's it almost feels like I'm pretty much working for myself anyway because I get to pick and choose. Um, yeah from there. Yeah.
0: What I love about what you shared there is how you highlighted that you set a date and then you realized, hang on, I've got six weeks of annual leave that I can clock in. And this is something that I think is so important to consider when you are like, you know, setting your date is what are are factors connected to your workplace that need to be brought into consideration? Like, is there annual leave that you can add on that can actually create you a little bit more space while still having that security of that income coming in a little bit longer? But also, like, is there a certain amount of notice that you need to be giving your workplace as well? Like, these are all factors that need to be considered when setting that date. Um, and so I'm curious, when you did figure out, like, okay, this is the date that I'm going to be leaving after my annual leave and so on, was there any fears or discomfort that came up? Or was it like you were just in this unshakable
1: mindset of, like, it's happening no matter what? I think I was set on, like, it's happening no matter what. But there was still a small part of me that I was like, all right, going to make this, I'm really doing this. this yep. I'm going to make this work. And while I was like making, um, I think back then I was making yeah, like the three, three to 4k a month. So pretty good. Um, but pretty good for like those super early stages. And I was like, you know what? Like if I actually dedicate a lot more time and pour in a lot more energy, like even if it is a couple of months where I'm like really struggling, I know I can find some support to help mm-hmm. me, but I just knew yeah, it was unshakable mindset because I knew like, cool, I'm going to quit and I'm going to be free. I'm not going to be tied to doing night shift all the time. I'm not going to be tied to, you know, workplace drama and, you know, dealing with all of that, that comes with like a normal nine to five job. And I can really just fully focus and be full-time in my business. So yeah, I think it was a little bit of both, but definitely a small bit of fear of like, oh, mainly just because the mortgage, you know, my partner as well. So Those are like the main things, again, I was just really considering like, cool, how can I really navigate through this and make sure that I'm not going to be pulling too much away financially to really support the house and support my partner and all of that. But again, I'm just a fuck it, let's go all in kind of person, which I love. So that was just what I did going in.
0: Yeah. And coming back then to that topic of safety net, right. Cause you know, that was the biggest thing that was coming up for you is having to release Mm -hmm. that safety net, given that you did have responsibilities such as a mortgage and your relationship and, and all of that. How did you actually make that shift to release that, you know, illusion of a safety net that your nine to five job was giving you and instead like create that safety net within your business?
1: It probably came down to just really working on like my mindset and my body as well of creating that sense of safety within me. So then I didn't have to rely on a sense of safety outside of me. And this is a journey I've also been really working on when it comes to like making X amount of money in my business, like not attaching like, okay, I'm safe now. I've made this much. I've made this much this month. Okay. I'm safe. I can breathe now. And I've been really shifting away from like, it doesn't matter how much I make in my month. Cause I feel really safe within myself and I've got me. So that's required a lot of like, yeah, mindset work, a lot of nervous system, just like regulation work as well within me. So then like, I feel safe within, if the whole world was to go into an apocalypse tomorrow, I'd be like, all right what do I need to do? Let's make this happen. Like I'm such, I've really had to build this muscle over time and obviously investing into my personal development and learning like how to do this work of really making myself feel safe. So no matter what's happening externally outside of me, I know I can make it happen. I'm a problem solver and I can go from there from a place of not being so frazzled and overwhelmed. So that's just, yeah, required a lot of just growth and work.
0: Yeah, self-trust factor, right? Like realizing that you are resourceful enough to carry yourself through whatever you need to carry through. And you don't need to rely on safety nets external to yourself because you've got all that within you, which is so powerful. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Now, from a very tangible point tangible, yeah, that's the word, point of view. Obviously, between having made that decision to leave your nine to you know your full-time job and make your business your full-time things, there's a series of action steps that needed to happen in between to get you to this point that you're at right now. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into the mix, but what are some of the core action steps that you really took that you think that um, our listeners will find value in to maybe
1: take away and implement themselves? Yeah, so action steps to me, leaving the permanent job. Yeah, to leave your permanent job. Yeah, yeah, having a coach. (laughs) Having a coach. Guys, seriously, Don't do this on your own. If I did not have M in my back corner, like being like, you can do this, like let's work on this and setting up the strategy, really building the mindset. And yeah, truly like, I think that's the only factor that was different because I just needed someone to be like, you can do this. And also someone who was living proof, like yourself, be like, hey, I've done it. Here's the way to do it. Grab my hand. I've got you like this, just follow this and you you'll be okay. So I think I just really needed that support and that guidance to like, hey, this is how we can really start to transition into this journey. Um, so that is probably the biggest factor. Um, and ugh, honestly, I think that was the only factor because otherwise I would have had no idea how to do it by myself. Truly, yeah. truly. Right? I and I think I knew this at the start of my journey too, after, you know, listening to podcasts like this, where people, where entrepreneurs, sorry, I've really shared like what that journey and story has looked like. And they've always said, I had a coach, I had a coach, I had support, I had support. And I was like, okay, so that's just what I need to do if I really want to make this happen. So yeah, honestly, that was the only major factor was having a coach and having someone to help me really guide me through that journey. And honestly, just that self-trust and that backing myself was was the
0: main pack yeah powerful and obviously you know you've continued to invest in yourself um well after you finished up working with me as well so it's something that you know time and time again you're coming back to i invest in myself over and over again also so i'm curious to know um because one of the biggest things that we do here obviously when it comes to mentorship and investing in mentorship is the objection of i can't afford a coach or i don't have the money i can't make it happen You were someone who didn't have the money available to you, but you still got resourceful to make it happen. So what would you say to someone who is like, they know they need a coach to help them make this transition out of their nine to five, but they're allowing that objection of, I don't have the money, hold them back.
1: You can always find the money. Again, like the number one thing, if you really want to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to become resourceful Mm. and you have to become decisive. And again, as I was saying earlier, like being able to listen to so many other successful entrepreneurs journeys and hearing them being like, cool, I went all in or similar to your end, where you're like, you know, what? I invested all of my savings into my first coach. Like I kept hearing those stories over and over again. And I really just studied the journey of successful entrepreneurs. And I was like, all right, if they can do it, I can do it. Like it's, it must be really normal to, you know, invest this amount and really get a good ROI out of it. So I think I just trusted, became super resourceful. Again, similar to you, I drained all of my savings. Then I I think I drained my savings of $6,000. I borrowed $6,000 from my family, um, which was, yeah, again, a very difficult conversation. I I really want to touch on that because when I had to ask my family for $6,000, it was the most scariest fucking thing I've ever had to done. That was scarier than me taking the leap into my business for some reason. And really working up the courage, and I had this like pitch in my head of like, "Cool, I'm just going to sell it to them. Really show them how passionate I am." And we're at dinner, and I'm like, "Guys, I want to tell you something. I'm starting this business, and blah, blah 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 And I'm like, "I'm really passionate. I really see this working, and I and I just need like six thousand dollars to really help." And they're like, "Okay, yeah, that's so fine. Yeah, just pay it back when when you can." And I was like, "Oh, okay, it was that easy." oh shit. All right, cool. And they're like, no, that sounds awesome. Like, I'm so glad that you're doing this. Mm. And I was like, "Ah, oh, all right. That wasn't that scary, but I was shaking. I was so fearful to be like asking people for help it was obviously like a big um, like struggle with mine growing up As not like always being like that hyper independent. I don't need anyone. I can yeah. support myself, but really just allowing that receivership of someone else helping me and really asking for that. Um, was so scary, but when I did it, they were like, "Of course, more than happy to here you go." And I was like, "Whoa, this has really shifted a lot in me." um So after doing that, and again, just that resourcefulness piece. But I even said to myself, "Like, if they say no, I will take out a loan." Yeah, like I will take out a I was, it was so I was so okay with doing that because I knew it would be worth it. I knew I'd be able to pay it back. Um, and even though I like was debt-free, I've been in debt before, became debt-free. So I did definitely had that relationship with being in debt and how bad that felt. But even being in debt to my family, I was like, you know what? This is so funny because this is good debt. This is debt to actually invest into myself. And I knew that it was, I was hundred percent worth it. Because again, as I was saying, like, this is my life. This is my business. This is, this is me, an extension of me. So I'm worth that amount. Um, and again, I just didn't overthink it too much. I was like, I'm just going to make it work. Yeah. Like I remember, like seeing your prices. We had that call. I had a couple of days. I was like, I'm just going to work it out. And then the next week, I'm like, Cool, let's do it. Like I just didn't overthink it and just really went in and followed my heart during that process. And then after the four months, I made back all that money. Mm. After the month, back. Like <laughs> I don't know what I was worried about. um, But yeah, it was. A very interesting journey. But as I said, like money is always available to you. You can always become resourceful, asking family, you know, as much as people really hiss at the idea of getting into debt, like get out a loan for yourself, right? As I said, like you're worth the money and you'll make it back. And at the end of the day, it's like, are you willing to sacrifice money to, you know, boost you ahead time wise? Or are you willing just to wait longer? Yeah. Much, much longer and actually then save all of your money. So it comes down to just like what are your what are your priorities? Is it you or is it the money and holding and holding on to it? So, anyways, that's that is what I had to do was really shift that. Powerful. So mm.
0: powerful. Now, do you think that if you didn't make those investments that you made into mentorship early on in your journey, that you would be at this point that you're at right now?
1: Oh no. No, 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 no. I remember reflecting like when we finished our time together, even I was like, I genuinely would never have been able to get to this stage. Like I, and I think I knew that at the beginning, which is why I came to, I was like, look, I know nothing. And I know, you know, everything I need to know. So I just really surrendered into that. And was like, I'm an open book, like teach me everything you need to know, because I may be a good coach. I have no fucking idea how to run a business especially online, like, I don't know how to do that. Like, why am I going to waste my time, stress myself out, put more pressure on myself to work it out along the way, And the thing is, too, is that even for like those first couple of weeks before I reached out to you, I was trying to like watch free masterclasses and listen to podcasts and read books. And I was like, I think I get this. I don't know. And because it's such generalized information, I was like, I don't know how to apply this to where I am at and what I'm trying to do. Like, obviously, it's helpful. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I like do this bit of content, like do this bit of marketing. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. But I didn't have any clear plan or strategy or even knew like how to do that. Um, so I I was like, you know what, like, I don't like time is precious to me. And even though money is also precious right now, it's like, I would rather sacrifice the money and gain back time and really collapse time super fucking quick. I, cause I knew that was the two paths. It's like time or money, time or money. And I was like, fuck, no, I want out now. I want this to grow now. So it's just going to have to be money. What do I need to do? How can I do this? It's just, again, that problem solving, that resourcefulness, like that's what creates a successful entrepreneur. So really like gaining those skills now is really going to help you along your journey.
0: Mm, power to you, girlfriend. And honestly, like it makes me so happy to see um, the growth and transformation you are able to step into, not even just financially, but also like on um, just that spiritual level, that mental level, right? Like on all these different levels, because you had the courage to take that step forward, to get resourceful and make that investment happen for yourself. Now fast track 10 months and you've made, you know, the money back that you invested into yourself. You've resigned from your full-time job and you're almost full-time in your business, just one tiny piece away and practically full-time um, at that as well. So really really congratulations to you. And I'm sure all of our listeners are so inspired having heard your journey. So one final thing that I'd love to close this conversation off with is what is a final piece of advice that you would give to someone else who is maybe at that very beginning step where they're like, yep, I want to start my business. I want to transition out of my nine to five job. Like, what is that advice that you would give them um, for where they are right now?
1: Mm. When you can really lean into that unknown zone, right? So you've got like the uncomfortable zone, but like the unknown where you're like, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. When you can really lean into that from a place of like, okay, that courageous piece that I was saying, leaning into that unknown zone, falling into it, and then coming out the other end, it's just such a magical process when you can really just be like, you know what? fuck it, I'm going to make it work. I am worth this. When you can fully fall into that, it's just such a beautiful place of just like growth within yourself. And so much expansion comes from that place. And you really tip over into like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to get a return on this, which you always do anyway. And really trusting that and leaning into that. I don't know what's going to happen, but I got myself, I'm going to make this work. So really just leaning into it. It's scary. I know, but lean into it, girlfriend, lean into it because it is so, so, so worth it on the other side. It's so magical. Truly. I feel these last 10 months feels like three years yeah. because I've constantly leaned into that unknown, really stepping out of what's quote unquote normal or comfortable. And it's been such a magical ride being on this. So just trust yourself, back yourself, love yourself, know that you are worth this.
0: Yeah. Oh powerful. So I hope that anyone who is sitting, listening to this conversation today that is in that process of transitioning or wanting to take the first steps to transition away from the full time job. I hope that you've taken value from everything that Karen shared. Honestly, like it has been so beautiful being able to watch you grow and evolve over the past 10 months. And I know this is just the beginning for you. You've accomplished so much in such a short amount of time. Um, I just can't wait to see what's going to come, you know, in the next few years for you. So thank you for sharing your exit journey with everyone here today. If anyone wants to be able to connect with you and keep watching your journey, where's the best place for them to find you?
1: Yeah, so I'm mostly on Instagram. So it's just Karen Taylor underscore coach. Um, I also have my own podcast as well, the Holistic Mindset podcast, which Emma and I just did a recording on recently. So that should be coming out soon. And yeah, so but yeah, come message me on Instagram if you are feeling at that stage we're like, I want to invest, I want to do something, but I'm not too sure. Like just message me. I'm like more than happy to, you know, help you give you some advice. Maybe you'd be like, Hey, just trust yourself. You got this is enough. And that's all that you need to hear. is just that maybe that permission slip. So reach out. If you're feeling a bit scared or unsure around that, I'd be more than happy to help you with it.
0: Yeah, amazing. Well, guys, make sure you do go give Karen a follow over on socials. Go listen to her podcast to connect with her on a deeper level and hear more about her journey. But otherwise, that is a wrap on this episode of the Exit Strategy Series. Thank you, Karen, again, for sharing your journey with everyone. It has been so inspiring. And once again, I am so proud of how far you've come. It's been a pleasure to be able to serve you in your journey.
1: And I can't wait to see everything else you create. Thank you so much. And yeah, I appreciate everything you've done for me, Em. Yeah.
0: So that's a wrap on another episode of the Empower With M podcast. If you want more from me, then make sure you come say hi over on Instagram at Empower With Em. And let me know your thoughts on this episode. If you love the podcast, then don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review to help us grow this platform. Now, before you go, I'm going to leave you with one final question to sit with and action- Stepping away from today's episode, how can you go out into the world today and do something small that will empower those around you in
1: some way?